Northern Kentucky University is transforming how we educate and train the next generation of healthcare professionals with a state-of-the-art technology and learning center. Are you ready to serve our region with a career in healthcare? Visit nku.edu slash health to learn more. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't live a good ghost story, right? Hello? Ron, it's Kat. Oh, hi Kat, how are you? Good, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for calling me today. Sorry about this weekend. No, it's a... You had a crazy one. I had a stay in bed one. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. I feel better now. Okay. We've been going back and forth on email, so we, you know that I, I want to talk about John. I want to know who he was. Right. I also wanted to mention that uh, I met Deb. Um, about, it was about 1970 into there. And, uh, John and Deb were out here and they, uh, they asked me one time to come out to a party that Debbie's sisters were at. So I met some of her sisters also. But, um, and the one thing that Debbie and I had in common was we both have epilepsy. So I know all about the drugs and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. You do. Do you, are you on the same kind of drugs that she was on? Did you have to take the Dilantin and phenobarbital? I'm sorry, what about the phenobarbital Dilantin? She had to take, her Her prescription was for Dilantin and phenobarbital. And apparently, yeah, no. Yeah, I know, I know all about it. I mean, I didn't know, actually, I didn't know that she was epileptic at first. Um, but, uh, but I know, I know about the condition and I know about the drugs that, that you have to take to combat it. So I'm very, I'm very familiar with the, the situation. But um, I didn't know until uh, quite a bit later that Debbie had epilepsy. Or I think it was when, I was one of the, when the paper came out. Oh, so you didn't even know before that? I didn't know she had it. I, I knew Debbie, but I didn't know she had it. So you knew, you met her before they were even married? Yes. And they were both artists, I understand. Or she was an artist, but yeah. he... Well, she, she, they kind of both were. Uh, but then John was, was always into the auto mechanics uh, type of situation. He eventually got uh, a job at the city as a, as a maintenance guy. So, But he was always into cars. So was that, what was, where was he working when, they went, when, the, when Debbie and the kids went missing? I believe he was at a dealership uh, in 
uh, like Thousand Oak, Newbury Park, somewhere out there, um, as a, um, I forget what to call them, but as a dealership, if you take your car in, you have a fit by some guy. He was uh, running the shops at different agencies. Oh, I get it. Oh, so he was he worked. He was a car mechanic. Yes. And um, were you close to them when they were while they were married? Uh, here's the deal. I they moved back to um, Pennsylvania. I think it was about seventy one, something like that. I, 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 I'm not I'm not concrete with facts and figures in that regard. But so, so they were out of town. I moved up to Lake Tahoe in 74 and 75. They moved back here to LA in, I think, 77, 78. So I hadn't seen them. And then the situation happened in 79. Not only had I not seen Deb since I first met her, but I never, ever met the boys. You, oh, you never met your nephews. No. That's... I was at Lake Tahoe. I'm sure you heard about him often, though. Yeah. Oh, no, I knew all about it. When I came back down here in about 80 or 81, it was right afterwards, um, I kind of was heavy into taking on the task of finding out what the heck happened. So do you know what John did? Like, what did he do to find them? Do you know? What did John do? Yeah, did he do anything to try and... Yeah, he started... Uh, there was a... Um, we had uh, some godparents, God, two, two godmothers. Uh, it's a long story in itself. But um, they used to work at CBS. And they they helped us get the word out. <laughs> and... Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting what your question was. Well, what did John do? He actually, John started um, the the missing, I, I don't know the acronym, but it's Missing and Exploited Children. Okay. So he so believed he that his children didn't go, did he, I guess I, I guess I should start with what John thought happened. Just as is reported in the police report, uh, in the sheriff's report, he thought that, um, that he, she, she took off. Um, and I'm of the belief, uh, as this story has gotten legged, I, um, my, my first, my first reaction was, of course, John had nothing to do with it, because uh, he's my brother, and I, right. you know, we're, we're blood, and I understand that. Um, but over the years, uh, I just, just, chose to discount everything, not believe anybody, and just stay with the facts. And it's been a long, long, difficult road because nothing, nothing has been proven one way or the other. And that's the way it's been for a long time. And I feel like that's how it still is. It, it, it remains that way. And this phone conversation, it's not going to gain me anything. I'm just hoping that the the Debbie's um, side of the family gets at least a word from the Kidwell side. Yeah. Did you guys ever talk back in 1979, your family and the Kidwell family? We are.
of the Kidwell family. Sorry, the Kidwell family and the Cronin family. Did you guys? Sorry about that. Oh, the Cronin. I'm sorry. No, excuse me. No, but John uh, was in contact with the mother, and there was a period of time where um, I pretty much threw up my hands because I was getting I, I was getting absolutely nowhere. Um, I talked to a guy. The original guy on him was a detective back then. He retired. I then talked to a guy named Sergeant Thadder. He retired. The third guy I talked to was Sergeant Bustillos. And and after that, it, it just seemed the case was old. It was not getting there was no traction, and it wasn't. There were no new <clears throat> excuse me, no new leads anywhere. So I kind of had it up to here. But what I did, um, I was going to make a trip out to. To uh, and Debbie's mom's house to try to see because I had I was of the firm belief that she, Debbie was out there somewhere, and the detective, uh, the uh, investigator that I was talking with, said, you know, Ron, you're wasting your time. You can go ahead and do it, but so many uh, people out there on Pennsylvania, she could be anywhere if, if she is there at all. And after uh, so many years go by. Um, Debbie was the kind of gal that, that you just, when you met her, you liked her. She just... Are you okay? Uh, sorry. No, that's okay. It's okay. They, I heard they were both. Everyone speaks very highly of both of them. That Debbie loved John, and John was devoted to her and those boys. They were smitten with each other, and I have no idea how they were with the boys because I never saw them with them. But right. I, but they, but John talked about. He talked about Debbie also, but he talked about the boys constantly and. What would they be doing now? And in the beginning, it was kind of tough on Father's Day to to have um, a get together because you know here he is without their boys, and it was tough. So he, the things that he did to find them was he used the television connection and missing and exploited children. That's how he went about trying to find them. Started that um, God the, the exploited children thing, uh, and beyond that, oh, he gave me. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to tell you. He gave me um, Ann's number because um, I called up Ann at some point. I don't know what, what year it was, and it was a pretty brief conversation because she was just. I explained who I was. And why I was calling, and basically I was still calling for Debbie, and um, and she was very short with me, which I understood. I, I got it. I was totally aware of what was going on, but I was at my wit's end. I, I was trying anything. I, as a matter of fact, went to two psychics, and 
not a psychic guy. I don't believe in psychics. I think they're a bunch of gypsies who just prey on the, you know, on people in despair. So I, I don't believe in it, but I felt I got, I'm running out of options. So I tried them and they didn't pan out and it just confirmed what I already knew that, <laughs> that they weren't to be believed. But anyway, I, I would just try and everything in my power to try to find anything, but to no avail. Did you guys, uh, Debbie's family had always heard that your family hired a private investigator. I, well, I talked to one and he ran, what he did was he ran uh, the social social security numbers on the boys as well as Debbie. He ran, he ran the, her, um, her uh, driver's license, all the all the normal stuff that the layman can't do, but he could. And he also checked on um, the twin boys being starting school at age six or seven, and uh, nothing ever panned out. And it was just it was a constant dead end, and it was just a vicious cycle, and it got so frustrating. Do you remember when that was that you had that private investigator do that? I would say between um, between uh, roughly 1985 to 90 to 90, I don't know. It, I, it's kind of tough. I, I wasn't really keeping track of no, when he was okay. doing it, but it was uh, it was after years of running into nothing. So I, I, I can't really put an exact date on it. And John really believed that she ran off with someone or that she joined? Well, that's, that, that's a story he gave. Um, knowing Debbie, not granted, I, I didn't know her extremely well. But what I saw of her I, I and what I knew of her and about her family, she spoke about her family. She didn't say... My family's fantastic. They're great. But she did intimate certain things like, well, that's just like my, what my family would think. Or she, she would mention her family fondly. So I knew that that was... <laughs> Close to her family. I didn't know it was going to affect me either. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I, knew, I knew she was tight with her family, and I can't for a second think that she would have taken off. I didn't, I, I didn't know, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't pan out. It doesn't make sense. Why would a, 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 an attractive 26-year-old woman, a young thing with two kids, how did she take off? I, I just don't. John always thought that she took off with someone or that she joined like a religious group or something. He he believed well, that she a, left with a man. There were just so many things that came up that on the face of it was kind of bizarre. But, you know, you, you just don't, at the time you don't know because it was just a freak thing. And But you believe that your brother had nothing to do with their disappearance? 
Well, I, I can't say that 100%. Um, you know, you look at the, the polygraph thing that he passed. You know, the person fails a polygraph. People think, or they tend to think, which I think justifiably so, that the person's guilty or had something to do with whatever it was. But if they pass, it seems like it's, it's, it's discarded. It's no big deal. But if it's no big deal, then why, <clears throat> why then do all these law enforcement agencies, why does the government, why does in, in, intelligence agencies, FBI, CIA, why do they all use them? There's like two and a half million polygraphs that we given last year. And it just shows one thing. Why do they use it? Because it indicates like, there's a, a there's a probability of either truth or deception. So he passed it, and, and it's tough. I, you know, I couldn't understand the Conan's thinking. Well, that doesn't mean anything because he passed. I, I I get it. I understand, but I think the levels of either one should go. If they go either way, should be uh, leveled accordingly. I honestly believe the fact that he even took it, because I would think that. Back in 1979, 1980, any person would be afraid to take a polygraph test if they knew they were lying. People are more savvy about what what that's going on. Not that they can beat it all the time, but it, I think they're more aware that they could. Now, but not back in 1980, for sure. No, 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 absolutely not. And then... And you asked you asked if John had ever remarried, or did, did you want to... Yeah, I want to know, did he ever get married again? No, he never never remarried, and um, our family always asked him, John, look, if, you, if there's someone you're seeing, bring him over, because <clears throat> he would always come over for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holidays and stuff, and he was our, our pie guy. We, we relied on him to bring all the pies and... The kids really always look forward to, I, I enjoyed the pies more than they did, but John was our pie guy. He always brought the pies. That's what he was known for. But he never remarried, and, uh, Ben and I had a discussion one time at his house, cause he and I would either go out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and he would always, he state that there wasn't anybody, but there was a period of about a year where he was at least, seen somebody but that ended and then that was the end of that and we never in 30 years after the disappearance in 1979 I never saw another woman I never got a sense that there was another woman um, there were just no indications there was anybody and I ne- just never quite understood all that in his suicide note the end of it he says if my boys show up, tell them I'm not who Debbie said I was. Do you know what he meant by that? Exactly. Tell them who I was, not what Debbie told them. That's the exact quote. Say that again? It says, if my boys show up, tell them who I really was, not what Debbie told me. Uh, I'm sorry, not what Debbie told them. Now, what do you think Debbie would have told them? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. What do you? What did he think that Debbie would have told them? I. The only thing I can come up with that makes sense is that for a while there, John was doing some drugs, some heavy duty drugs. He was in the heroin, 
that's the only thing that makes sense at that time. Tell them who I was, or it's the only thing. I mean, there's probably a myriad of, of possibilities, but that's the only one that makes sense to me. Now, he got himself cleaned up. He got himself a city job, and he, and he went. He was a great worker, from what I understood. But at the time, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't. It's so hard to understand what. Well, the worst part about this whole thing is the not knowing for both families. No, I agree. And to know that Debbie wasn't the type of person to destroy her family by leaving, and that we know that she adored John. And then, yeah. like, it's. I feel like no matter which way I turn, there's no answer. And and I don't see an answer coming soon, if at all. But he okay. did believe that he believed one hundred percent that his boys lived past nineteen seventy nine. That the boys did what past seventy nine? Lived past nineteen seventy nine. That his boys yeah, were still I, alive. For a while, he thinks that all three did, but people are people are, are saying that. They, they don't suspect Debbie did, but I don't. I don't quite. I don't buy into that. I mean, anything's possible, of course, and we certainly don't know. But if if Debbie passed, uh, where are the two boys? Where I don't see any evidence of them showing up, and it's just a shame. It's a shame. At one point, he told the police that he thought that Debbie was being held against her will. Do you know anything about that? I, I heard about that, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything about that. Did you know Frank and Marlene Rocco? No, I know the name though because um, I remember seeing their in the phone after John um, John's suicide. Um, I had to clean up the mess. Well, I am. I mean, that doesn't sound right. I had to clean up John's stuff and take care of the house and stuff. And I found a phone book and I called everybody in the phone book because I figured whoever he knew, how are they going to find out unless I tell them? So I called up everybody. But I remember the names were, were, uh, they were written in and, um, and this is why I remember their names. They were written in and gone over. In other words, they were highlighted. Oh, in their, in so the address book. So their names were, were prevalent, I, I, I assumed. Did you did you get to speak to them, or were they no longer around? Um, I honestly don't remember. I called up a lot of people, and I don't know. I can't say I spoke to this person or that person. I, I just don't know. Did John have pictures of Debbie and the boys in his house when you cleared out his house? Did, Debbie, did John have what? Pictures. Pictures of Debbie and the boys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it said pictures and paintings and a lot of Debbie's uh, writings. What happened to all that stuff? Uh, you know, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I honestly don't know. Um, I I know I talked a lot of stuff. To, there was some stuff of Debbie's clothes. Um, I was speaking of the psychics. They asked me to bring an article of clothing and John gave me her, 
nothing. I went through his computer. I figured I'll find out some information. Anyhow, I don't care if I'm good or different. I got to find out something. And there was nothing that led me to believe that, that, that things went south, things went sour. I, I don't know what happened, nor do I pretend to know. And I'll, ne- I'll probably ever, never know. But it was, like I say, the whole thing is just, just a mess. And it's been that, you know, you've been doing this for two months, a couple of months. Yeah. And you've been, you've been going back and forth when you hear evidence come in or somebody has a, a, a thing that they say that you just find out, well, I've been waffling on this thing for 40 years and it just, it's, you know, it's frustrating. So when you, when you cleared out his home after he passed away, you didn't find pictures yeah. of Debbie and the boys in his house? Or you did? Uh, I didn't hear. I didn't find what. When you cleaned out his house, did yeah. you find any pictures or anything of Debbie and the boys in his home that he yeah, lived like in? I'd say I found that. Uh, well, I, you know, I take that back for a second. I don't remember. Oh, there was an old picture that were on a, some huge rock, both Debbie and John, and I assumed it was in Pennsylvania. Um, but the boys weren't in it. So, and they were pretty young. So I'm assuming it was before they had the boys. And you don't have that photo uh, anymore? No, I don't. Okay. I do have, like I told you earlier, I've got some photo clippings, I mean, some, uh, some, um, newspaper clippings, articles that I took pictures of and I'll email them to you. Yeah, I would love that. Because that was the other question in one of the only newspaper that I have. The detective says in the article that John did not report them missing until five days after they went missing. But the police files say that he dropped her off at the airport on May 4th and reported her missing by the next day. So I'm curious where that five days came from. Does that make sense to you? I don't know where the five days came in. I also don't know this issue about this uh, insurance policy that came up. I know every bit about this case. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, I know a lot about this case. And this is the first time in 40 years that I've ever heard the situation of a, an insurance policy come up. And I talked to the detectives today, and they said there was no mention of an of insurance, uh, insurance policy anywhere. So <clears throat> I don't know where this insurance issue came up, but I think it's a if it if there is an insurance policy, granted nobody cashed in from what I understand. No, he would have had it, yeah, he would have had to have her declare. The fact that it was taken out bothers me if in fact it was. But it's no time to back that down. It really shouldn't bother you considering that the month before she had a grand mal seizure. And could have died then, and she had two small children. The fact that she had an insurance policy doesn't mean anything other than... It does to me, me because if if John took it out two two months before the the disappearance, that does not look good. Well, I think Uh that, I don't know, I think it's all circumstantial, to be honest with you. The fact that she had a seizure right before that... 
weighs heavily on the fact that there would be a policy for those boys. If that were the case, why did was an insurance policy taken out in nineteen seventy one when they got married? They didn't yeah. have children yeah. then. Pardon me? They didn't have children yet. I know that my husband and I were married for years and didn't get insurance policies until our children were born. Well, I I just I I just uh, well it's a possibility. There are a lot of possibilities. I, every question has three or four answers. Every single know? one of them. They do. <laughs> I have found every that out. Is- well, if I guess my only my I mean I had so many questions but I really just wanted to know what he was like after they disappeared and what he thought he was he was he was mellow before and I, I heard on the other podcast where he was kind of uh, he wasn't a friendly kind of guy um, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that that's not who John was he may have felt intimidated by the family. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. No, but, and that's true. And um, she even said that same thing that it was an, it could have been an afterthought, not necessarily a current thought. Do you know what I mean? I think after they well, disappeared, you look for things. Cause yeah, well, they couldn't say anything they, about John. They couldn't say anything bad about John. Not one of them could say anything bad about him. But years later, when they're wondering what happens, you start looking for things. And you can't, your mind just wanders. It does. And I'm sure it's the same as it has for you. Well, you know, stuff happens. Um, did you want to know anything about um, his hepatitis and how that occurred? Yeah, I was going to ask that. He committed suicide because of his the hepatitis C, correct? Yeah, and that the reason that came about, we didn't know. I mean, nobody who used drugs or didn't use drugs didn't know that if you use drugs, it could lay the hepatitis C could, could be activated and lay dormant for years. And that's exactly what happened. It lay dormant for over 30 years. And then all of a sudden he started getting sick and, and we're wondering what the heck's going on and come to find out he's got hepatitis C. And so number one reason for that was if you use needles, you, that's the number one cause. So John and I, we've gone to, uh, we've gone like it's present tense. We went to um, a couple of different seminars sponsored by UCLA in hopes that we could get them onto a list to get him uh, a liver transplant. And while he was on this list, we were assured at the time that it doesn't look good because of the timing of it. But at least he was on the list anyway. But uh, then on uh, June, I'm sorry, on December 16th of 2008, John gives me a call at work, excuse me, at work, and said, Ron, I'm, I'm sick. And I said, well, what do you mean you're sick? And he says, I've got blood coming out of my rectum and he's got other stuff and it's weak. And he states this on that, on the note as well. Um, but I said, well, John, why don't you call up a, 
hope somebody called an ambulance and he said, because it's going to take too long to get here. So, it, Ron, I need your help. So I said, John, I'm there. So I hung up the phone and, and ran over to his place and halfway there, I called him up and I said, John, just, you know, get a name of a doctor, get you guys lined up, get the address, whatever, so I don't have to go through this when I get there. And he said, okay. And we hung up and I got to his place. The front door was locked, the back door was open. I walk into uh, the front room and here John slumped over and oh, God. he had shot him. He had shot himself in the right side of the head. And I tried to uh, feel for a pulse. There was none, but it was still warm. And uh, it was... <laughs> oh, my... I'm so sorry. Uh, he knew you were coming over. Yeah, I know. And that's why I wrote that note. And... Uh, yeah, so he was gone, and I just stood there and wept like a baby. I can't even imagine. He he was in the advanced stages, obviously, of hepatitis C, but he'd only had it for like that that year. No, it started years before. Okay. And. Um, you know, he, he, all the signs, the telltale signs were there. He's weak. He couldn't move. He was bleeding. Uh, he had a, the big one was a pain in the gut. All those are classic symptoms of hepatitis C advanced uh, stages. Yeah, but the, the liver was shutting down. I can't, I'm so sorry. I, I can't imagine what was going through his brain that he knew that you were on your way. Uh, he just wanted me to come and find him. He I, obviously. For days, I guess. Obviously. But in, in all this, cat, I gotta say, I've, I've always held out hope that, you know, someday there'd be a, a knock at the front door, and it'd be two, two strapping young men who look like each other, but they're, they're, they're five foot three mom. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I just lean to her and say, you know, pronounce the word ambulance, and then I'd know. Well, Jocelyn is doing her DNA. Debbie's niece is doing her DNA, and your son Tyler said that he would do his. So, if there's any chance that those boys or Deborah have done their DNA, we're gonna find them. There's still a chance that we can. There's still a chance, yeah, but the chances of going dimmer and dimmer. <laughs> no, the chances of finding him through DNA is getting brighter and brighter. The chances of getting answers is f- falling to the wayside. But DNA, it doesn't lie. If we find someone that's related to Jocelyn, that's related to your son, then we'll know that we found the right people. So there is a chance that we'll find them, but I guess as of right now, the way that I have to end this is is that I have more questions than I have answers, even from the beginning. Welcome to the club. I know. I guess my question is, 
I know that I know that you wavered in your faith and knowing whether your brother was innocent or not. But tell me what kind of person he was. That he was. Uh, he was actually a a, a a mellow guy. He wasn't a, a zany, uh, off the wall uh, freak. Um, and he just got more mellow with time. <clears throat> excuse me, with time. Um, I just. I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall at their place in May of 79. And you always knew that they, that they cared for each other, that they didn't have any marital problems. I never saw anything other than that. Well, I'm sure I have more questions, but I can't think of them right now. I know that it's, I know that you're, you got my phone number. I'm always open for business. (laughs) And, and your faith in your brother, not having anything to do with this. I know that it wavered, but in your heart, you don't believe he had anything to do with their disappearance. I, I, I firmly believe that he did not, but I have to say, I looked at, I questioned, like I said before, I just questioned everything. You have to. You can't go through mind like a mindless idiot and say it's only one way. There are all kinds of different ways. But realistically, when it comes down to it, after all this time, knowing John the way I do, and even knowing Deb the way she was, she was a sweetheart of a girl. I just, I just don't think John had anything to do with it. I, I don't. We, I guess, I guess none of us know. At the end no. of the day, none of us know. No, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry if the fact that I did this podcast caused you any, any additional pain. I'm, I didn't. Oh, that I wasn't didn't my intention. I, don't, I wouldn't care if the boys were found or if Debbie was found. It would all be worth it. It would it be really nice. Would. Thank you for talking to me and. You said that you'll send me those newspapers. Even if you can just send me a picture of the date and which paper it is, that would help me a lot, too. I, 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 I got a close-up of the date on, on one of them. Okay. You need the other one. I get to that, too. But okay. Uh, I'll, I'll send them uh, to you tomorrow. Okay. And um, this podcast of Just You is going up tomorrow, this episode. Okay. So be sure to listen. And when I think of more questions, I'll email you. And if you think of any of Debbie's stuff that you've, if you found, if you, if you remember, uh, this is my question. How much older are you than, than John? You were his older brother, correct? I'm his older brother by three years. Three years. If you come across anything that maybe you had, that you got out of the house that may have belonged to Deborah or any artwork that they did, will you, will you let me know so we can maybe, Take a picture of it for the Kidwells. I mean, for the Cronins or something. Sure. Well, okay. I would have thought they would have had a ton of stuff. You know what? But she that, lived in yeah, California. But, they didn't. Oh well, in answer to your question, absolutely, there's no problem there. Okay. I mean, they they barely the pictures that the grandmother had. Um, one of the aunts took, and then her house caught on fire. So they lost even oh. baby pictures of the boys. So. Oh, that's a shame. 
if you come across anything that you maybe got out of John's house when he passed away, I'm sure they would love to to know about it. Okay. I, I will look. I, I can't guarantee anything, but I will look. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. Bye. <clears throat> okay. Bye-bye. 40 years has done nothing to diminish the pain and heartache the disappearance of Deborah Lynn, Joshua, and Jackson caused. Please go to the Facebook page, find Deborah Lynn and Sons, and share. And share this podcast. Help us find the someone that knows something. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat, and remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. Northern Kentucky University prepares students in arts and humanities to influence their communities, create, discover, communicate, and solve problems. Ready to make your mark on the world? Click now or visit nku.edu inspire to get started.